Good morning, San Antonio. Hey there. Hi and howdy. It's your boy, JRG. Welcome to another episode of Geekdom Underground. Today, we have a very special guest. And uh, we're going to introduce her here in just a second. First sir. and foremost, before that, who are you, sir? Good morning, everybody. My name is Philip Hernandez. I'm COO here at Geekdom, and I am super excited for today's episode of Geekdom Underground. That's right. There it is. God, we're hitting, is. The, we're hitting the air horns early this morning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I <laughs> dig it. Um, so, yeah. So, this morning, we have Belinda Medellin from Be My Village. We're going to be learning about her application, which is... Teachers teaching teachers. Teachers so, coaching teachers. Coaching teachers. Teachers coaching teachers. So um, so we're going to get into that here in just a little bit. Also a pre-accelerator uh, participant. So Yes, yes. Before we jump into it, let me just say, last night was amazing. Oh, my So gosh. those of you out there that joined us in Legacy Park, thank you for showing up. I know there's a lot of people probably tuning in now yes. that tuned in virtually. So thank you for watching. Um, you probably saw these amazing pitches and you got to kind of meet these founders um but we're gonna dive even deeper today with belinda belinda yeah because you've heard the pitches you know and, you know the 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 professional things but today we're just gonna you know get peel, to know peel the curtain back i love it we're gonna learn a little bit more so so let's let's get after it belinda if you would please tell us a little bit about yourself yes hello hola my name is belinda billy medellin my nickname um and I was a teacher for over 14 years, and I was lucky enough to be at Cast Tech down the street that Geekdom definitely was a big part of. And I made the difficult decision to leave the classroom, and that was actually in January of 2020. So it was before COVID stuff. I wasn't one of those teachers that are like, oh, I need to oh, get wow. out. So yeah. I taught the um, at the beginning of COVID, and um, it was hard to leave but i wanted to make a bigger impact in education so i thought it was my time yeah <laughs> and so uh 14 years mm -hmm. but cast tech hasn't been around that long so uh where were you at before then oh my goodness okay so we're taking it back yeah <laughs> i know yeah. i'm like okay so <laughs> what's interesting is because i'm originally from northwest indiana real close to chicago and um i was kind of lost, you know, in your 20s, you're like, hmm, what do I do, you know? So um, I had a musical theater background and was like, oh, I'm tired of going on auditions and not making things or things weren't happening fast enough. Cause you know, when you're 20s, you're like, I want everything now, now, now. <laughs> yeah. So I um, decided to join the military, the Navy, and I went in to be a musician. Stuff happened. I ended up being a photographer. I was like, they wanted to make me a radio man. I was like, no, I need something creative. And <laughs> they put me there, which turned out to be a blessing because um, when I got out of the military, I became a mom and I was working in Indianapolis at AT&T and I was trying to move up the corporate ladder. It just wasn't me. My family moved down to San Antonio because my dad was originally from Laredo and was like when i retired i gotta go back to my tejas and yeah. <laughs> and he was like laredo's too hot so they were here and i was like okay i don't want to go to texas it's too freaking hot but i'm a single mom i need help and came down here and my dad was like they're hiring teachers and i'm like hmm so i went the alternative route trying to get a theater job mm -hmm. and this is so bad but you kind of have to wait till uh 
there's only one theater teacher, so you have to wait till they die or they retire. So I'm like, what do I do? Highly now? competitive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to school, got my master's in technology, and then um, Kerrville, Tyvee High School called me. It was Kerrville and Uvalde called me. And I was like, oh, shucks. I don't know anything about both of them, but I knew Uvalde was going more south, so I know it was going to be hotter. So my first teaching gig was in gig i'm sorry that's like <laughs> yeah. music talk um in kerrville and i taught multimedia and i was there for two years i got new teacher of the year there so i was doing really well i was like okay this is my jam and then i wanted to be closer to my family in san antonio i worked at brandeis high school where i was finally in hey. theater so oh, right on so i was a tech theater we went to uil state and this was crazy. I was like, Texas makes everything a competition. So I'm like, in Chicago, you're just, you're acting because you want to act in here. It's like, we want to see who's the best, you know? So, um, and what's funny was I liked it, but it's like, I'd rather be on the stage rather than teaching it. So I went yeah. back to um, teaching technology and I got those jobs because I learned photography in the military and they taught us, you know, Photoshop and all that stuff. So kind of lied when I got my first job. I was like, yeah, I know Adobe Illustrator, but I <laughs> learned it real quick. But yeah. um, So that's kind of how the tie-in with the military. And from there, I went to work at Churchill. So I became like the two-year teacher because I get really, um, my family says I have ADD, but I just think I'm like, um, I like to be adventurous. So yeah. I was like, let me try this. Like what's school. next? What's exactly. next? Yeah. So Churchill was great. And then, um, I had an opportunity to teach at a school in Florida. I was about to go, but the funding went through or it fell through. And then I was like, oh, shucks, I don't have a job. And I ended up at Holmes High School. Hmm. And I was actually teaching AVID and speech there. And I started their speech and debate program. I revived it because it hadn't gone away. And I spent four years there. That was the longest school that I was at. Wow. And I, I, was, I wanted to leave teaching. I never felt like what do I do next? And my dad, once again, um, who's no longer with us, but he was like, Hey, um, San Antonio has master teachers. And I'm like, dad, that's just for English and math teachers, you know, and this new school was coming up and they needed a digital media teacher and it was cast. And I was reading all about it, how they wanted to partner with the tech district. Mm -hmm. They wanted to change how school was. And that's why I was like, okay, I was there and it was three years and it was the pinnacle of my teaching. So Wow. That's so cool. That's the 14 years. Yeah. (laughs) What a journey. And so was it always high school students? Yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, I substitute taught Uh and I had kindergarten one day and I had to take like the milk count. Yeah. And I said, okay, who wants white milk? They all raise their hand. I'm like, write it down. And then they're like, who I said, who wants chocolate milk? They all raise their hand. And I was like, I can't deal with that. This. Was it. Yeah. That was the moment. I was like, it was the, the, the breaking middle, point. Middle school. No, those teachers deserve like a raise. Kindergartner teachers and middle school teachers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But high school, I'm like, you know, I can only make them cry a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> and you so when you uh when you came here like teaching was something that you saw as like an opportunity that you kind of felt like you could do and right and you could apply your skills to yeah 
did you ever have any like aspirations to become a teacher? You had mentioned that you substituted. Yeah. Is that something that you had thought about? Like maybe I could go down that route, but didn't. So when I got into college, I was one of those athletes. I wasn't a good student. I was like a CD student, more C's because to play sports in yeah. Indiana, you need just, C's. just above. <laughs> yes. right? yeah. I'm, I'm oh. right there with you. <laughs> I did fail Spanish though, but that was just because I had an attitude when I was younger. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I um, received a scholarship to play softball and I was playing for a school in Illinois. And like so many athletes, um, I was about, it was a two-year college and Waco, um, Baylor University was looking at me in a school Northeastern in Illinois. Now this was the nineties. So I didn't know anything about Texas and I just heard Baylor was in Waco and on TV, I was like, Oh no, that's where all the branch Davidian stuff is. I don't want to go there. And now I'm here. I'm like, dang it. I should have really looked into that. But, um, I ended up breaking my ankle twice. So I kind of, um, got redshirted and I couldn't play anymore. And I was like, what do I do now? Um, so when I was in school, I was doing the musical theater stuff and a nun, a Catholic nun in Gary, Indiana, um, reached out to me and some of my friends. And she said, I want to create a performing arts programs for these inner city youth. Um, their school, it was St. Mark's. Um, they weren't teaching anymore because a lot of Catholic schools were losing funding, not enough enrollment. And so we turned it into a performing arts school. I started off with teaching musical theater classes to any of the kids that wanted to come. Then I started teaching like um, salsa dancing. And, and I think that's when I got the bug and I was like, yeah, I, I really like this stuff. The, yeah. um, it was mostly the growth because I was in that program for about two years mm-hmm. and I saw kids who were super shy or kids who were like um where I grew up there were um a lot of gangs and stuff and they were you know right in the middle of the the clutches of the gangs or you know do I go the right path and I was like oh my gosh this kid loves salsa dancing and he's the man because he's like oh I'm the only one of the few guys in the class all the girls want to dance with me so that felt good to see somebody just change the direction of their mentality and their life maybe so wow that's a big impact yeah and it's it's so cool to hear you say that like you know even though it was a difficult decision to leave teaching yeah you did that the draw was the impact and you identified early in your career that you're making this incredible impact on these students already um so i want to talk about um you had mentioned that when you were in Kerrville, mm-hmm. you got new teacher of the year. Yes. So that's awesome. I mean, it sounds awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what does it take? Yeah, well, it just takes being crazy. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I went in with different ideas. And I'll be honest, I didn't know what I was doing as far as um, well, a lot of stuff with kids, but they gave me a chance. And um. I knew how I like to learn and I wanted things to be different. I hated quizzes. I hated tests and I wanted kids to do hands-on projects, but not just in the classroom. I wanted them to work with other people and get ideas. So um, I did a, a project where I got some students from Shiner University where they were actors. 
in the theater program and they came in pretending like they were the interviewers for jobs. So um, multimedia jobs and the kids had to dress up and I had them in a separate room and, you know, it, it was pretend, but since they didn't know these people, they took it pretty serious. Yeah. Um, we partnered with an elementary school and the second graders created a story and then they got with one of my students, multimedia, and we designed their books. So that's so cool. That's so find, cool. Finding yeah. funding for that—that's always hard. That's I'm like, yeah. entrepreneurship is no—it's not different because as a teacher, they're like, okay, here's a hundred dollars for five hundred kids for the whole year. Make it work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to get those kind of accolades, mm -hmm. you have to be really extra. Like you have to, <laughs> you have to do a lot on top of the things that your typical obligations at work. Yeah. Why do you do that? I think because I'm the middle kid. So I always had to be extra to get <laughs> attention. No, but I'm like, um, I do get bored really easily. Yeah. And I'm like, if I'm an adult and I get bored, I know kids are going to get yeah. bored. Um, but it's just something that pops in my brain. Like, um, you know, Cast Tech was here giving the tour and there yeah. was just one kid who stood out. And when I heard his idea through John, I was like, okay, I want to ask that kid that his name and then I'm going to try to connect out. There's just something, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, if there's something about the kid, if there's something about the school, then I feel like I have to, it's my duty as a person in this society. Yeah. It's just a feeling. That's but, so cool. I, I, I kind of feel the same way. You know, it's like if I can impact a younger mind and like inspire because kind of like you were saying earlier, school was, you know, school. Yeah. You know, and I wish I would have had someone that kind of like encouraged me and said like, hey, that's a cool idea. Like it's you can make it a reality. Like it doesn't have to be impossible or scary. Yeah. So um, I kind of feel that same thing. Yeah. And so for everybody watching and listening in. Um, I got to see Belinda in action right now. So the reason why we were a little bit late um, is sorry. because, it's okay. uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> like the reason why we're a little bit late is because um, last night you got a really late request that the cast tech students wanted to come by and tour our facility. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I saw in action, you being a little bit extra, knowing you yeah. have a podcast this morning, you still accommodated and had them all come in and, and show them around. Um, that was really awesome. Thank you. For, yeah, thank you for that. That's for bringing them in. Stuff me and Philip love to do. Yeah. Why do you think it's important for them to see stuff like this? So that they don't feel like you guys did that. Oh, school is just school. And that they see a community is really trying to change things. Like everyone who was involved in Cast Tech. Um, if you go to the school, yes, it's nice. It's pretty. You got the bells and whistles. But it's about more than that. And that's why I'm like, okay, I want these kids to see that. That If you have an idea or just something you want to do, there's people out there for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And don't ever feel like you're you're just a kid and you can't make anything happen. And that's why I'm. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about Cast Tech a little bit. Okay. So you went to join Cast Tech. Mm -hmm. That was, you said, 2017? Yes. Yeah. So that was their inaugural class, mm -hmm. right? The first time. Um, so can you tell me what you did at Cast Tech? Okay. 
um, I was hired as a master teacher to teach multimedia. And uh, can you sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but oh, real no, quick, okay. the master teacher, that's the second time I've heard you say that. Can mm -hmm. you elaborate on what that is? So a master teacher, well, in order to get that position, which uh -huh. it was the hardest teaching job I ever um, applied for, um, the interview, which I love, I yeah. love challenges. Mm -hmm. And we had to submit a video of our teaching um, style and I went extra. So I still have my video because I laugh. Like I talk about um, the old timey ways of teaching and I'm like a 1950s video. And I'm like, hi, I'm Belinda Medellin. And this <laughs> is my class. And then I showed him what the class of 2017 should be and i had all my kids like it was color and loud and crazy um and then we had to submit project-based lesson plans um two of them and then the interview when i came in it was a um eight person interview wow and i was like okay i got that i mean i was sweating so much but um some like gene russell who is a big part of cast um I want to say Brett Piat was there. I can't remember, but there were people from the tech community. There were representatives from CAS, from SAISD, the principal. And um, that was one of the requirements for master teachers. It's wow. Like, you know, they really sift you out. And then um, it's more work, but it's kind of like teachers who have, they figured out something and they're really good at and more paid, but it was more work. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which you're not afraid of. So, I yeah. Mean, you were doing more work without the extra pay and yeah. resources to and, get and that. And that's impact. most teachers. Yeah. Like, they just do it. Yeah. yeah I, so. I, I love your story and I love that you're screaming from the rooftops that this is a need. Um, you know, because I shared with you personally, like, you know, I, when I grew up, my mom was a teacher and right. some of my earliest memories being younger are like on a Saturday in her classroom, cutting things for the bulletin board. And she didn't <laughs> have to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? But but she does if she yeah. wants that kind of experience. And so I've seen that struggle from a very personal side. And so, yeah, so I love to hear you um, share that story. So master teacher, mm -hmm. intense process, mm -hmm. highly competitive, a lot of extra work. Yes. But you made it through. Yes. So you become master teacher and then you go over to Cast Tech. Or was that part of getting? That was part of getting okay. into Cast Tech. So yeah. getting into Cast Tech, and then um, correct me if I'm wrong, but okay. I think at Cast Tech you created a UX, yes, like path. Yes, is that right? And that was all because of the kids. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I was teaching digital arts and animation, mm -hmm. and you know we wanted to create this pipeline of students to go into the tech district, and we were doing a a vision board project with Adobe Photoshop. And I was trying to teach them how to use glassdoor.com, salary.com to really research what they want to do, whether it's college or career or whatever. And um, Jason Salazar, so I think the geekdom sphere knows Jason, <laughs> um, very precocious young man, very well-spoken. We knew he was um, going to do a lot of great things, but um, I was showing them what a graphic designer makes and it was saying the median was 34,000 in San Antonio. And then Jason was like, how come that UX designer makes 64,000? And I was like, I don't know what UX design is. So um, this was right before holiday break. I looked into it and I'm like, this is what we should be teaching. Mm -hmm, so yeah. I'm looking for other schools that are teaching this. And all I'm finding is it's at the collegiate level. 
So I, during Christmas, I write a proposal to my principal and I was like, hey, here's the why, here's how we could do it. She was like, go ahead, Dr. Alcala was like, by far the best principal I've ever worked for. And shout out. She, she yeah. believed in my crazy ideas. So um, that's amazing. She helped uh helped me um go forward. I talked to Amir Samandi. It was his third day on the job. Hey. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> and I was like, can we do this? He's like, let me make some phone calls. So we made a great team, connected me with UX designers at USAA. Um we formed a board of UX designers. Um, Claire Remert, who was at Jing Jungle Disc, got on our board. And then through a student, I met Dr. Laura Faulkner, um, you, the head of UX research at Rackspace. So I know CAST had a board, um, board members from all the tech companies and HEB and everywhere. So I was like, I need a board to guide me. So we had mm -hmm. six people. Um, Jeremy Carney hey. and um, Stephen Gonzalez from USAA and heavy hitters. They, wow. I yeah. Mean, I was like, I felt imposter syndrome, but within the first hour working them, they made me feel so comfortable. I was like, UX people are my people. It's yeah. Like, so yeah. cool. And they need it too. They need the experienced talent. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. They need that output to, to come out. And I mean, like, I don't know how it was for you in high school, but mm -hmm. For me, like there wasn't a lot of that stuff that was introduced. Like yeah. when you when you teach this stuff to these students, graphic design, UX design, mm -hmm. is it new to them or is it something that they're they've heard of or how so, do they receive it? Of course, and when I started teaching in two thousand seven, it was kind of new. But then um, most students are like, "Oh yeah, I know Adobe Photoshop." So I always had to change how I taught every year. And I'm like, but let's see what we can do with it. And then, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, delve deeper. Yeah. And maybe they don't know that, like, you may know what Photoshop is. Mm -hmm. You know that you can make money with yeah. Photoshop. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And they just want to, like, learn how to take off their head and put it on somebody else's <laughs> yeah. body. So That's how it starts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 100%. We, we both dabble in Photoshop and we're still removing heads. <laughs> you bodies, yeah. you know, like. Still making goofy like, little things. And, yeah. It's yeah. fun. I it like is. making the eyes bulge. So Yeah. But that's so cool how that can be the entryway for a young person to get into something like that's a real uh, career path that oh, yeah. will pay really well. Like it starts off goofy yeah. and this is like, I'm going to pull a prank on my friend and like Photoshop this <laughs> thing or make like a... For me, I'm big into music. I'm gonna make like an al album art, like just to play around, mm -hmm. and then that turns into like the fundamentals of design, and then how yeah. that goes into like the experience. And oh yeah, it, it's super cool, especially starting at such a young age, where like just getting the interest with those funny, fun things. Oh well, yeah, yeah. My my family has learned not to ask me for Photoshop. <laughs> I mean, I will do it, but like my mom, she. She had a photo taken of her in front of her school and uh -huh. she's uh you know teachers are real particular about you can't have kids in the photos you know what i mean yeah. and and um there weren't any but there was photos of kids in the background so uh -huh. she said to me like mijo can you remove these these <laughs> photos of the kids in the background oh no and so i just put my head on all the photos <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and so you know it, but that's how a, much trouble were you in? <laughs> well, not too much because I did have the actual oh, okay. the, the other one ready to go. But <laughs> but you know, it's it's all fun and games. But but that's it's awesome. funny because like that's the thing is like if you start it out and it's just something fun and it's a pastime, yeah, then you can turn it into a career. And the thing about getting a, a career in, in the tech field 
is that you have to constantly be learning. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to enjoy doing it on your off time and advancing on your off time to to stay ahead. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's awesome to hear about that at Cast Tech. And I'm assuming the program went well. Yes, it took about um, two years, but we were the first high school um, to have UX design. The state of Texas passed the standards. Um, (laughs) Thank you, studio audience. Thank you. Thanks, Melinda. (laughs) (laughs) And at first I thought it was nationwide, but then I did some consulting with a company in London called Digital Influx. And shout out to them, but um, (laughs) they had the same idea, but they wanted to teach UX to ninth to 12 or nine-year-olds all the way to 18. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So um, I found out that we were the only ones who created it globally. So I helped them by using the standards we wrote together. And um, I've had teachers from everywhere reaching out. And um, I, I did a podcast on UX of ed tech because they were talking about helping teachers if they want to make that change. It's just finding the motivated teachers who want to get out of that old mindset and mm-hmm. who are willing to keep learning. Wow. Um, we that's have a, so crazy. Yeah. A, a global, a global yeah. award-winning trailblazing teacher in the house. That's how we could have started it off. That's how we could have started off the podcast. <laughs> no, but it's all because of the kids. They ask yeah. questions. Yeah. yeah. And if you're an adult, listen to the kids sometimes, because sometimes kids could be, you know yeah so but i was a kid but but you're absolutely right it's about listening to those kids Mm -hmm. like you know the the kids that you had in here i was only able to see them for a short time but i could tell how engaged they were and i think it's because of the way that the teachers that were with them listened to them you know oh my gosh they shout out cast tech has the most amazing spanish teachers and they teach a different way it's called comprehensible input and Oh my gosh. And they love doing things like this. There you heard the Spanish teacher was teaching crochet and yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you can reach kids in so many different ways. I thought you that was, to listen to them. That was super cool. Yeah. Like the kid was crocheting and he's like, why can't I stop doing this? And I was like, that's funny. No, it was like, he learned it and he's super interested in just making things. And then you put that together with like, well, that's like, have you heard of maker spaces and how 3d printing and oh yeah, I like that stuff. It's just super cool to yeah. see. You guys would have made so oh well, you are amazing teachers so yeah, just I mean, in a different oh, way thank you for that oh. yeah <laughs> i just but, i just i'm the hype man that's yeah. all <laughs> <laughs> no. but it is it is cool to see that like you know to to give him that space and grace to just if you want to walk around crocheting like there's no harm in that yeah you know and and he is learning and picking things up so that was awesome thank you for for bringing them by. Oh my gosh. And, and thank you, Megan Whalen. And thank you, John Cretlow. So. Hey, shout out. <laughs> shout out to both of them. Yeah. So, and we're always open to do that stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah. We, yeah. Me and Philip can go for, like, we can talk about geekdom and how cool it is to be here for hours. <laughs> or superheroes <laughs> or yeah. yeah. Startups. We can just kick it. Yeah. So, Castech, if you want us to come over and talk about geekdom or entrepreneurship, we'd love it. Or do a live podcast. Hey. Oh, from Castech. Live from Castech in downtown. I hear it already. I love it. Awesome. I love it already. (laughs) So, inaugural class of Castech, they just graduated. Yes. Right? So, how was that? So, I went to graduation and I was lucky because I have a little cousin and his mom my cousin moved from laredo to here so he can go to the school so i got to go to their graduation and i'm 
crying and I wanted to go say <laughs> Was he part of the first class? Yes. Wow. Yeah, so that was that was a big move for her and her son and he just blossomed but seeing all the kids and Jeez. I I I'm okay with crying, but it takes a lot for me to tear up. And I was just a hot man. I mean, it was hot, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm about, and... <laughs> I'm about to just yeah. ugly cry right now. Cause that's so many angles. Yeah. Like your program went through, you're at the inaugural class, watching these students who are going through the first time. And then yeah. you have I mean, the family angle, <laughs> like all these, th- I mean, it's, it's just so cool that like in your career, just hearing your story, you've made an impact from, the very beginning in Kerrville uh, with going extra and showing these kids, you don't know how that impacted them in their adult life. But then, you know, also being part of Cast Tech and introducing a new program and watching the first students walk across that stage. Yeah. That's that was... incredible. Like, that is really awesome stuff. That was crazy. Just oh, my God, you don't give me tear up. I know. Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really were. awesome. Super inspiring. Um, so, now that we know all of that, okay, it helps me understand <laughs> a little bit about the the passion behind Be My Village. So let's okay. talk about let's talk about Be My Village. Okay. Can you tell us? Why don't you give the the audience a little bit about okay. what is Be My Village? The whole lowdown. So, um, Be My Village is a one to one virtual coaching platform for motivated teachers by highly successful teachers. Um, and it came about when I left teaching, I left for a company, um, an ed tech company, and I got furloughed. I started in July of 2020, got furloughed in September because of COVID, which Mm -hmm. I understand. But then a week later, that's when Digital Influx reached out to me. I was so blessed. And they were like, do you want to do some consulting? And I started meeting teachers from all over the world. And I met, um, I got to talk with the prime minister of education in Japan and found out that their secondary teachers are having a hard time with that social emotional learning. Um, The little kids do really well because they're taught, um, they don't have janitors at their school. The kids are taught to pick up after themselves. But then once they get into the higher grades, it's very competitive. There's a high suicide rate. And I, I didn't know that. And then in the Caribbean, I found out the teachers, some of them have to pay for their own training. They don't get anything from the school. Um, I talked to UK teachers and they're like, yeah, everything's just a mess. And that's when it clicked to me. Um, I think I could connect these teachers where they want to do something with a teacher that already figured out that secret sauce. Um, mm-hmm. And Some teachers disagree with me, but it's kind of those teachers that are recognized, either the teachers of the year or there are universities that recognize them because they're movers and shakers in education. Um, So I was lucky to get um, Region 20 Secondary Teacher of the Year for 2020. And when I got that, a lot of people started reaching out to me email and I didn't have enough time, but I wanted to help everyone. So that's when I thought, if I could find teachers of the year, recognize teachers and match them up with maybe a teacher in Japan or something, if they have a question on anything to do with teaching, then I want to help. And that's the idea. It it was in my head after the startup weekend in December that I um, did here. Virtual. Um, Yes. I remember. Yeah. We played Jackbox. (laughs) Yeah. I was just going to say, I remember you like like, were the only one. one. Yeah. you know what? I, I 
I love getting older because I'm like, I don't care anymore. I'm like, why not? Yeah. So that was so fun because we didn't know what we were doing. Either. Like, everything <laughs> went virtual. And then we were like, come kick it with us. And you did. And yeah, it, was like, yeah, it was sweet. But oh my gosh. Yeah. I love Jackbox. And I, I had a party with my family and I was like, let's play this. And they were all cracking up. That's so. awesome. So anyway, so <laughs> startup weekend in December. Yes. And the idea came to it started developing yep. more. And I saw I saw the possibility. Wow. And then um yeah, you guys reached out and was like, hey, I'd try for this pre accelerator. I was like, should I? And I think I did the video from my car and I was like, <laughs> why not? You know? Yeah, yeah. What do I have to lose? What do, that's right. What do you have to like, lose? If I that's what I preach to my students, then I need to practice it as well. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Afraid. And uh so you had said that like you seek out this coaching from um teachers of the year or other award winning teachers. Uh-huh. Um you mentioned that you got new teacher of the year. You've also been a recipient of secondary teacher of the year. Yeah, that was right? 2020. That was crazy. Like, I wasn't expecting that, but I know it came from the UX program. Oh, okay. And stuff. So I was um, first SAISD, San Antonio, um, gave me the award. And then um, Region 20 actually came into my classroom, surprised the heck out of me. <laughs> my avid students were with me. And um, I think that was a few months after my dad passed. So I oh, just, man. it just all hit. And I Everything. was like, you know, it was cause of my dad and oh my gosh, here right now. Oh but, my gosh. You know, I was like, I yeah. need a moment. <laughs> no, that's okay. What an impact. Yeah. But it was like, um, my dad who loved Texas so much and I was here in his Texas and you know, sometimes you got to listen to your parents. You sometimes know? you do. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our first teachers. Yes. You know hey, there I mean? it is. So that's, yeah. wow. Well, that's awesome. What an impact. Yeah. So what is, what is a secondary teacher? So that's um, middle school and high school. Middle school and up. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, you know, the reason why you seek out these teachers to become coaches is because you know what it takes mm-hmm. to get that master teacher level to get that teacher of the year right kind of a, a award and accolade yeah um what is it do you think that they have that new teachers need um like i i heard this i think i heard you guys talk about it and then i was like oh it makes sense in the teaching world they figured out that special sauce yeah mm-hmm. um and i will admit like Probably why I can't do the little kids because I'm not a very huggy, you know, I'm like, I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm like side hug with the kids, a fist bump, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. I was always a little tougher of a teacher, but I knew ideas, UX design, pushing students. That's what I'm good at. Yeah. So I would not coach on, you know, social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be like, you know, how to get ideas out of your students, believe in them, you know, so yeah. Um, it's like every teacher has something. And I will say some teachers, they disagree with the teacher of the year stipulation or the awarded because sometimes it's like a popularity contest because teachers vote on who should be the teacher of the year. Mm. Oh, but, gotcha. So that's mainly like at schools. So sometimes it's like that. I get that. But then what I noticed is at the higher level, there's um, you have to fill out all this paperwork on the why and there's people that read through things. I'm a, I was very honored to be on the committee for the 20, um, 21 or is 20, I was 2019, 20, it, one of the years. And, yeah. um, 
I had to read through all of these things that these teachers were doing. And it's like, wow, one teacher shined in this way. Another teacher was amazing at this. So it's like, um, yeah, there are some teachers who can do a lot of great things, but like, I'm sure your mom had that, you know, one or two things where she was like, bam, you know? Yeah, for sure. And she, she had the, she was preschool and a four-year-old oh kindergarten and first <laughs> oh grade. <laughs> she was all over the place, but, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. There is, I, I can't put my finger on it either on what it is that that special sauce, but, um, but it, I, I think it comes down to that impact mm -hmm. and like breaking that yes. barrier and, and, you know, getting that, like what you said, something that you did had that one boy, in the salsa class and like engaged and who knows what that is. Maybe you can't even point yeah. that out, but something happened there. Yeah. It's a, that spark. And that's why like, um, one of our coaches is in Alamo Heights, ISD, Lisa Berry. And she went in front of Texas legislature to try to get a bill passed so that genocide, Holocaust, um, intolerance could be taught at all grade levels. Wow. And I mean, she's an amazing person. I got to, I haven't been able to meet all of my coaches in person, but I did meet her. And it's like, that's the special sauce. Mm -hmm. How many teachers are willing to deal with the headache to go in front of, you know, to get into the policies and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, sure. Like um, Megan Whalen, the Spanish teacher. So she was teacher of the year of Cat Cast. And she has worked with um, Diego Bernal and she's part of Texas Fellowship. So she it's figured out that secret sauce and mm -hmm. she helps with the teachers unions here. So super involved. Yeah. So it's like there, there are, there are many teachers that are fabulous and I know they're not getting the accolades yeah. that they receive, but that's what I want to do is like try to find them. So that's the fun part of this company is mm -hmm. I get to research, not stock. I'm researching yeah. people yeah. online and mm -hmm. I'm trying to, um, sniff out the really strong ones yeah it sounds like your father was a big influence on your career and and driving you to keep on doing these things did you have uh, a mentor did you have a teacher of the year or a coach or something that helped guide you along so um in my elevator pitch i always say we know it takes a village to raise a child but what does it take to raise up and support a teacher takes be my village and um, I love Hillary when she said that because I had that village um, I'm so fortunate I have a great family um, I was the one that always got in trouble because I was the middle one he named me Billy because he was like she's gonna be a tomboy and I was like yeah but um, um, I was lucky because my my dad moved from Laredo to Northwest Indiana to work in the steel mills and that's hard to do that's your home. He loved it. He felt very comfortable there because um, let's be honest, outside of Laredo in the 60s, being a brown person was not uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> well perceived in the South. So he was taking a gamble going up north and, you know, he got a high school diploma and he made it work in the steel mills. My mom was great, too. You know, her dad came from Puerto Rico to go and do that. So um I had this steel community um, that they, everybody's parents were working at the steel mill and they know they came from other places because they wanted something better for their kids. And 
Um, I was living in Gary, Indiana. I don't know if you guys know about Gary, Indiana. It was the murder capital in the 90s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was wow. not safe. When it was starting to get bad, my parents were like, let's move out. We went to a the largest town in Indiana called Maryville. And here's a fun fact. Um, Popovich is from Maryville, Indiana. Hey. So <laughs> he might be listening in. Is he in the chat? I think he is. Shut up. <laughs> but um, he went to my high school for a little bit. Um, my high school has pictures of him. He went back. Uh, That's cool. And so that town really shaped me. Um, I played softball. I was one of the few brown people that played softball, but I never really felt that. Mm -hmm. um, and when I went to high school, um, I was starting to get into trouble into the gangs that were coming from Chicago into Indiana. And um, it was my assistant principal who um, had two football players like um, escort me to each class, which was so hard as a young girl having two football players escort me to class all the time. But um, he wanted to make sure I was safe, trying to get away from um, the kids that were trying to get me to go further into that life. And um, my softball coach, who I found out just passed away oh, no. two oh, years ago, but he was phenomenal. He was tough on me. I was always late. Yeah. And he was like, oh, here comes Medellin again. And he benched me for some games and I was so mad, but I was like, thank you for that. But, um, you know, it was him believing in me. He brought me up. I was a sophomore and he came to a game and the next day I was in varsity. Um, and wow. that was hard. My mom was great. My mom's very like, you could do it. She's tough. And I was crying. I was like, the girls don't like me. And she was like, who cares about them? So, so <laughs> yeah. it's like, I had the, the best life growing up, you know, and, and the support system. Yeah. And I still, I have an older sister and a younger brother and they're great. Cause to me, they keep me humble. They're like, you're stupid Billy, you know, yeah. like, you can't do anything. Right. I'm Don't like, you love family? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it keeps me humble. I was like, okay. So. Yeah. Wow. It's that's it's interesting to hear that like the people who inspired you, the people who guided you. I feel like the pattern that we're seeing here that I'm picking up on is that it, every every single one of those teachers had different disciplines and taught different things. Yes. But the similarity between all of them is that they believed in you. And not only did they believe in you, but you felt that they believed in you. You you understood that. Oh yeah. And like I said, I didn't really realize, um, I was always proud of my culture. Yeah. Um, and where I was at, there were a lot of mixture of cultures, which was great. Mm -hmm. And I never felt like racism towards me or anything like that, but it was, it was great. And like, I, I talked about my coach, but I had a music teacher named Mrs. Reinhardt and her husband and the high school. And, you know, they were just, they didn't see you know, color or anything like that. They just saw, you know, do you have a little bit of talent and do you have that drive to mm -hmm. try? Yeah. And yeah, those are the people that I gravitated towards. Um, and they were usually mean, like Mrs. Reinhardt wasn't all, <laughs> give me a hug or anything. Yeah. She was tough on me. So, yeah. so I'm realizing that now. But that's, that. you know, that's kind of what you needed at the time. Mm -hmm. You don't always need sunshine and rainbows oh, and yeah. hugs. And you, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you need a little bit of tough love. Because otherwise you get hit in the face with something and it's like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? <laughs> why didn't anybody warn me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, wow, that's awesome. And I mean, it could be that tough love that that kept you persistent and fighting for things and, you know, realizing yeah. that, like, these kids don't have this program. This program needs to exist. So whatever barriers are in my way, 
I was going to move those things. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's why I was a tough teacher. And yeah, I think the worst story that I have is I sometimes I would just ask kids to come outside and the kid, you know how kids are they're like, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah. And <laughs> so I had one kid come out and he was all you know, playing all hard. And, and I'm like, you know, what can I do to help? What's going on? Why? You know, I was just talking to him like that. And he was like, I'm like, you know, I really care about you. And then tears come down. And then um, at that point, somebody from Castech, one of our um, our leader, our leadership was walking by. And then the leadership calls me later on into their office. You know, you have to stop making kids cry. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was like, you know, this was a good thing. He was just coming. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes being tough. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. But I mean. Like sometimes you have to lean into that to really mm -hmm. make that impact. Because yeah. again, you don't know how that impacted that student. Exactly. You know, like maybe he needed to hear that. Maybe he needed yeah. to understand that like, you know, this tough love is tough love and oh, it's and care. He, he was great. He became one of my favorite students. So Man, that's that's awesome. It's a great story. Yeah. Have you seen um success with Be My Village? Have you seen like a a, a teacher who needs coaching? and then matched with a coach and then it worked. So we just launched um, three weeks ago. So we have like 30 coaches um, in place. We had 15, um, 15 packages already purchased and we didn't have the, we had our first coaching session last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, How'd it go? Um, this is so, so bad, but they found out about our product through their therapist. Oh, so I was like, okay, I need to go to therapists and bars because yeah. that's where <laughs> teachers are going to be. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, from the coach, I got really good feedback. And from the client, I got really good feedback. And yeah. the client um, made a follow up session already scheduled. That. So are you having any difficulty finding coaches? Cause, I mean, 30 coaches before you even start. That sounds like a lot. So, no, that's the fun part, because I just sent out a cold email. I was like. I started with Dear Fellow Teacher of the Year. So I'm like, okay, maybe they'll open it. Yeah. So it's all about the marketing. And then um, I used Loom to create a quick video, introduce myself and um, just saying, hey, you want to take a chance? And then I had like um, a follow-up Q&A. So I think because of teaching and having to create the UX program and having to convince people this is why we need it, I had that background already. And yeah. I did reach out to over 500 teachers and I got 30 coaches. So I'm hoping as we grow, you know, I'm not going to not going to give up. So. Yeah, people are going to hear about it and like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Okay. There's something new. Everyone's always like, yeah. oh, I don't know. So, so and shout out to those 30, though. Yeah. Oh, they're so phenomenal. you didn't know them? Nope. I just talked to them and had virtual meetings. My um, founding member, Missy, yeah. um, helped me on there, too. She's our client coach care specialist. So yeah. she's all sunshine. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so like, I'll let her do that. But like why not so we kind of launched it with the end of the school year yeah so i was like oh shucks that wasn't really that smart but school is going to be starting to pick up at the end of july all the teachers go back to tra training and coaching so yeah what is a i'm curious to know like what a session looks like like if you can if you can disclose that is it like hey we'll leave it up to the coaches to ask questions that they feel like are the the right questions to ask or do mm -hmm. y'all have like a structure that you give to everybody just out of curiosity yeah no so the reason i picked these teachers at such a high level because i wanted to be teachers in the classroom coaching because yeah. only they know from year to year how much it changes yeah um 
they know how to teach already. We know we have to start with the objective, you know, what's the goal we want to get to at the end. So my whole thought was you don't have to prepare for this job. You just go in and you give your session and do it like you're teaching a class. Um, If a coach needs a little help, I actually appreciated the design thinking model from the UX designers. And it was like a pretty package. I'm like, I already do all that stuff in teaching. All teachers do it. This is just a unique way to look at it from um, the professional side. I want to say civilian, but that's. A <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I have that there for teachers if they want to use that. But most teachers, we start with smart goals. Yeah. So they already know their stuff. Um, when a client goes on, they a- they answer a few questions. So that's how we match. So the coach already knows, OK, this person is here for mentoring or they're here for empowerment or professional development. Wow. And. Um, we use Calendly to schedule the, um, the sessions. Mm-hmm. So there's a question on there, you know, is there anything you like for me to know before the session? So that's all it is. And then the, the, the teachers know the coaches, they're like, okay, I'm going to, I know the right questions to ask sure. and how to get to that goal. Man, that's so cool. I can't wait to see how it turns out. I mean, hopefully the teachers being coached will then turn into coaches later. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, and, yes. And give back. And wow, that's super inspiring. Because I mean, the teachers who want, who are seeking out that coaching, they're already being extra. They're already, yes. they yeah. want that stuff. And sure. that's why I say motivated teachers. Because unfortunately, the reality is there are some teachers I meet, they're like, oh, I've been teaching 14 years. I don't need this. And I'm like, no, you do need this. It's not just for new teachers. It's for teachers at any stage of their career. Yeah. Um, My mentee, at cast she was a brand new teacher mm-hmm. and she actually taught me how to do twitter and i learned so much more from her <laughs> because i listened to her and yeah like education can be so much better if teachers just you know tried a little bit more to listen to yeah. each other sure. it, it takes that awareness and humility though yes. i mean here's somebody Excited. who you know is awarded multiple awards you you this teacher is your mentee mm-hmm. But still, you have that. You're able to be humble and set your ego aside and say, wow, there's a lot I can learn from you. That's yeah. really awesome. Um, so during and I know I've seen your pitch numerous times and I love it. <laughs> so first off, for anybody who hasn't seen her, pitch, meet the teacher, go meet the teacher, go good. check <laughs> out our crowdcast and look at the presentation last night and see the pitch because she does sing. It's I've never seen that in a pitch ever and it's it's awesome um but another part of your pitch that you talk about is how parents learned a lot about the struggles of the classroom when kids were doing virtual learning oh yeah and i'm in that boat (laughs) i learned a lot what is it that you is there anything that um you can think of that parents have no idea that this happens in the classroom so Okay, this might be 50-50. There are some parents who know what they have. Like, my daughter's 21. I knew what I had. I was like, she's a teacher's kid, but she's only going to do so much, you know. Yeah. But then there are the delusional parents that are like, my kid, they can do that that yeah. thing or what you said. And, yeah. you know, I, it's just parents don't realize that teachers are expected to give um, personalized learning to each individual student. So that takes time. It takes for us to really get to know the students. 
and there might be a rocky path. Like I said, the student that cried, you know, yeah. um, he was like pulling D's and F's in the beginning. Not that I'm saying, you know, a letter grade really defines your learning, but towards the end, it took me about six or seven months to really be able to give him the personalized learning that he needs. Cause I realized, I was like, I think he's a little bit dyslexic. Yeah. So we started that kind of stuff, but the te the parents don't realize that that's a journey that might take one or two years sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe don't, don't freak out over the first meeting with the teacher and you get something exactly. you're not expecting. Yeah. And especially like teenagers. I mean, come on, we were all teenagers. Yeah. Just remember what it was like for you, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of parents that are fantastic and they're great and they're your ally, but for the rest of you, it's like, you just have to remember what you were like yeah. back then. You're lucky <laughs> to have my kids in your classroom. <laughs> it's like, and some of them are like, you know, they get to break free from their parents because they might have overbearing parents and then this yeah. is schools where they can let loose and mm -hmm. you yeah. might not make the best choices, but you know, yeah. and as teachers, it takes a little while to figure that out sometimes. Yeah, sure. For me, it was like the schedule. Like I, I remember seeing like the schedules of like, oh, my daughter's going to kindergarten. And like, I would think it's silly that like, you know, it's like from like 8.05 to 8.57, they have like this. <laughs> and then like, there's a three minute break. And then like at nine to uh -huh. like 9.14 or something. There's like, <laughs> and like, it was just by the minute. And I may be exaggerating a little bit, but everything was <laughs> like, like there was no room for anything everything was scheduled out and i always thought that like that's kind of funny right and yeah uh well when they came home oh my gosh <laughs> like i am not kidding you at all i had paper on the wall of like every minute of the day <laughs> and i was like this is what you have to do yeah you know because you get carried away like you may get into it with with the student and like you might want to take more time on this but like you got to hit art you got to go to the specials <laughs> class like <laughs> you know what i mean so, i love that so yeah so. Like, you learn different things so i love that that's in your pitch because it's highly relatable you mm -hmm. know because like unfortunately when you talk about and i don't know if this is something you run into mm -hmm. but when you talk about that issue of teachers needing that um that kind of coaching really the only people that understand that are teachers exactly and like you know parents need to understand that mm -hmm. the importance of you know your teachers and so your pitch is awesome oh, in in you. delivering that yeah i appreciate highly that. recommend y'all going to look <laughs> at her pitch from from last everybody's night. pitches were amazing so I, yeah, oh my like, gosh was, i know it was great all of them were great but yours yeah. had people like laughing and clapping <laughs> yeah. and like woo, like yeah. i had to i'm like and that's what i taught my students so i'm like you know i gotta go for it because yeah. That's what I tell them to do. So, mm -hmm. how was it during the pre accelerator? Because you've done some tough things. You've yeah. gone through some yeah. programs before. <laughs> how was the pre accelerator for you? It was a lot. Um, I did love the feedback. Um, of course, the negative feedback is always hard to take, but being in theater, yeah. like I'm used to, you know, directors like just yeah. tearing you apart. But um, what made it difficult was I think all of us have full time jobs still, yeah. and then we're doing our company full time and then learning is a full time you mm -hmm, know yeah. what you put into it you get out of it but um the community that you know i keep saying it takes a village yeah. and i was like here's my village for this yeah so um i knew if i fell a little bit there was somebody i could go to um 
if I couldn't find it within myself. And I'm lucky because I'm sweet mates with Stack IQ. And sometimes <laughs> I just had to open the little door and I was like, Gabe, Taylor. And then, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and they're so great. Oh, my God. For, yes. Especially for that moment. Oh, yeah. yeah for <laughs> they're sure. so great for that. Well, but. and then Gabe was not having the best day. And um, we, I had, teachers have a hard time saying no. And I had my principal, Dr. Akala, told me I had to say, I had to learn how to say no. So I found this wonderful card when I went to Scottsdale, Arizona, and I cut it, I put it in a, a frame and I put it on my desk. And it's from Thelma and Louise. And I'm not going to curse, but it says, if it's not a hell yeah, it's an F no. <laughs> and I was like, I'm listening to Gabe. And I, was like, I think he needs it. So I brought it for him and now <laughs> he has it up in his thing because I'm like, it's okay to say, but it took me a long time to learn that. So yeah. it's like, well, that stuff only happened within this pre-accelerate because only we knew what mm -hmm. each other was going through. So it was like boot camp all over again. Yeah. So. Man, that's, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you enjoyed the, the process. And had I known that you were a tough teacher and make students cry, maybe I would have been tougher in the mentor <laughs> sessions. <Yes. laughs> bring it on. But no. Did anybody make you cry? Um, no. At one point, I began, the doubt started creeping in. Oh, yeah. And then I, that's when I was like, okay, you know, I already have my tool, tool bag. I know what I need to do when that creeps in. Because it happened, like, when I was creating UX, like, oh, my God, yeah. I was crying. I was stressed out. I went to the hospital. It was so bad. And I was like, now I know. I don't want to get to that point again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I knew yeah. what I had to do. Yeah. that's And that's so real. I'm so glad that you brought that up because we've talked about that with other folks that come on the podcast, that uh -huh. mental health is so important. Oh, and yeah. You know, a lot of those skills that you had developed being a teacher and mm -hmm. you know blazing your own trail do translate into entrepreneur, you know, when oh, you're yes, an entrepreneur. Definitely. Wow. Well, that's that's good that you were aware of that and you're able to to cope with it in the way that works for you. Oh, yeah. And then you all I don't know if you realize like what you're doing. It's teaching. So like I know Leslie would send, you know, after the session to do the feedback. Yeah. And that's what teachers, they want feedback all the time. So I was like okay, I have a way to debrief Yeah, and not just be like, okay, this happened to me. I'm all alone in my own little bubble. Yeah. It, it was just a well thought out program. Shout and, out Leslie. Shout yeah, out Leslie. Like, for sure. you, you guys, everybody was amazing here. Yeah. So, but I know she just killed it. Like I was so proud last night to see all that demo day. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yes. My, my face hurt. Because I just I was smiling the whole time. Same here. I was so excited. I didn't want to leave. I was here till like oh, after ten it was last a night. Yeah. Evening. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man. I mean, I was stressing a little bit. Like there was like a huge gust of wind, and I saw clouds, and I was like, if it starts raining right now, and the screen was like glitching, I was like, oh, our new flags that we got, they, they like <laughs> they're <fell> falling. <laughs> well, and then seeing John and Leslie in the between all the pitches that was hilarious that was the best part yeah i know they're they're great you know we try we, yeah honestly though we have a, a dream team yeah. like everybody here really puts in the work and and you know but i think you're right it does it takes a village we have our own this is our community and everybody lifts each other up so yeah. well thank you so much for this i uh i do have one more question for sure you. um We've talked about your high highs and some low lows. And mm -hmm. um, if you could give yourself some advice um, back in one of your lower points, what advice do you wish you would have received or wish you could have given yourself? Oh, wow. Um, I would say love yourself and give yourself grace. 
love yourself and give yourself grace. Yes. That's that is awesome. Yeah. That's what I've learned the hard way, but I've learned that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's easy, especially if you have that it's easy to fall into that trap of like especially the imposter syndrome. And, yeah. And when that doubt creeps in, yeah, you gotta love yourself. And yeah. or when you were applying for your job and and fake it till you make it and tell them, <laughs> yeah. Adobe Illustrator. Oh yes. I'm a totally, master. Yeah, I totally watched a yeah. YouTube video on it. I'm good. <laughs> Wait, we didn't have YouTube. That was just when uh, MySpace was still there. So. Oh man, <laughs> watch the MySpace, MySpace video. Yeah, dang. Oh my goodness, it's a throwback. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, I, I learned the hard way, but life is good. Yeah, I love this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much oh, for joining us on the on the podcast. This was so much fun. I had a blast. You know, I I feel like I knew you pretty well, but I got to know so much more about you. <laughs> yeah, today. thank you for sharing. Like I feel like, you know, open book, like I've learned so much about you. Like already respected you a whole bunch, but oh, even I more now. It. Like it's so cool to hear that you got the like the awards and you know, the accolades that you deserve. So awesome. you're a legend. A legend <laughs> in, the flesh, in the flesh, in, in the space, in the in underground, <laughs> underground. I love it. So with all that, Mr. JRG, take us home. We're going to take it home real quick before I start the, the exiting music. How do people get a hold of you? How do they find out more about Be My Village? Is there like a mailing list? Sure. So they can go to LinkedIn, Be My Village, or contact me directly at Belinda at BeMyVillage.com. I love it. And that's the website, BeMyVillage.com. Yep. Well, B without the E. Yes. BeMyVillage.com. Find her on the seventh floor. Seventh floor in the, in the Stack office. IQ, that's right. right. Stack yes. IQ. I love it. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This was a super fun episode. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have another great guest, uh, another uh, pre-accelerator company. So uh, tune in and keep an eye on social at GeekdomSA to find out who's next. And uh, we'll see you next week. Y'all have a good rest of your day, everybody.